What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. What it do, baby? What it do, Clipper Nation? Welcome back to Shoot the Tray. I am, of course, your host, Trey Gamble, and we are back with another segment of our post-game recaps. We got a really, really good game for you guys today up against the one seed in the East. Of course, the return of Doc Rivers, and I mean, I guess you could say Tobias Harris too, one of my all-time favorite Clippers. We got a really good game to cover for you guys today. I have so many notes to kind of talk about and go over with you guys. And man, I'm I'm just happy right now, man. I am I'm really happy. I'm hyped. Really good game. It was funny. Ben Simmons fouled out and Dwight Howard got his stupid ass tossed. So that was that was really funny. Um, but I mean before we get into the recap, I just kinda wanna talk about Doc Rivers and kinda just you know, just appreciate him for a second and his time that he spent with the Clippers, of course. So let's get started with that. I mean I've seen a ton of people ever since he left. Obviously, Doc went out on a really bad note. Uh, obviously, with the 3-1 series lead blown against the Nuggets. The second series blown. The second 3-1 series uh, blown, I should say. With the Clippers, of course. But I've seen a lot of people call him the most overrated coach ever. Because he only has one title with you know the caliber of guys he's had. And I think people kind of overlook how hard it is to win one championship in the NBA. Uh, obviously that in my opinion, he's not, he's not overrated at all whatsoever. Winning one title in the NBA is just incredibly hard. A one out of 30 chance is, is incredibly hard. So just kind of want to get that out of the way. I mean, he's not overrated in any way, shape or form. But I mean, last season, I think it could be agreed upon, uh, with Clipper Nation that the season that last season, the Clippers were undercoached. They were really undercoached. And obviously, I mean, the story with the Clippers last season as well was that they struggled with injury. So, I mean, you can't really ignore that as much as some people would want to ignore that. It's like, oh, you choked. Oh, you choked. That, that, the fully healthy Clippers team played about 11 games together last season. So, it, there was so much more behind the scenes than the, with the 3 1 lead than people want to really talk about. But let's just get past that. But, I mean, like I said, Doc went out on a really bad note. But I'm very, very thankful for his time here. Um, I've seen some tweets on Twitter. It was like, if you... I think it was Gracie on Twitter. Gracie Marks on Twitter. She said, if you... If there were fans in the arena, do you think Doc would get a standing ovation or would he get booed? And I I was kind of like, mm, in my opinion, it should be cheers. But, I mean, I, that would just be me. I'm cheering him on. I'm really, really thankful for his time here. I mean, it just goes back to 2017-2018 season. He would roll a starting lineup of Milos Teodosic, Clipper legend Milos Teodosic, Austin Rivers, CJ Williams, and Jamil, Jamil Wilson. Who remembers Jamil Wilson? The greatest to ever wear number 13 for the Clippers, besides Marcin Gortado, of course. And DeAndre Jordan. And that team got 42 wins, 42-40, and 40, a 10 seed. The Doc was really good at getting the most out of the least like talented players not that's not a knock against any of these guys but even back then the west was still really really good and the clippers were just out of the playoff race so that was really 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 impressive by doc rivers i mean that squad should have been you know way down farther in the west but they were they were like really really good for the guys that they had on that squad so shout out to shout out to the 2017 2018 squad but nothing and I mean nothing compares to that 2018-2019 squad. I I'm not sure. I mean this the 2020-2021 Clippers are they they're getting ready to take that number one spot. 
I think I kind of tweeted it out uh, earlier in the year when we had that comeback win against the Heat. I was like, man, this is my favorite Clipper team of all time. There I said it. That was just kind of, I, I, I kind of went back on that. I mean, I, I go back, believe it or not, and watch some of those 2018-2019 games um, because I went to a game in um what was it called in 2019 i went to the the home game against the Cavs because my homie's a Cavs fan so we went to staples and that's the only clippers game in person i've ever been to believe it or not as diehard as i am i've only been to i've only been able to go to one game and so that was march 30th 2019 i watched that game back all the time it was a really really fun experience but anyways that 2018-19 score will always have a special place in my heart and i still would say that that's my favorite team ever so that's good with that um doc has also gotten the least out of the most if that makes any sense uh biggest example in my opinion is last year's squad uh like i said um earlier doc got the most out of the least with that really really bad starting lineup in 2017 2018 but last year definitely was that should not have been a second round exit as i mean as bad as as bad as it was and as talented as as talented as that team was, I should not have been a second round exit whatsoever. But I'm not going to get really too much into that. But I think I had mentioned in an earlier podcast that I do want to kind of do a whole segment or a whole podcast, a really long podcast, talking about that 2018, not 2019, uh, the 2019-2020 LA Clippers and just kind of break down that season. I think that'd be really, really cool. You know, the first season with Kawhi and PG, that'd be kind of cool to break down. But I think I'm going to start a new segment. Moving on from that, uh, once again, shout out to Doc Rivers, man awesome seven years with the Clippers. No matter how bad people want to talk about him, I will always appreciate him uh, for everything they needed with the Clippers. So shout out to Doc. Uh, you, he's killing it in Philly. Let's just be real. He's killing it in Philly. The the, the Sixers are balling even without Embiid. I mean, you kind of saw that tonight. Obviously, I think the, the finish might have been a little bit different if Ben Simmons had fouled out with eight minutes left and if Dwight Howard didn't get tossed. There, there may have been a, a better ending, but I mean, for the most part, the Clippers had a really good handle on this game, especially in the second half. The first half was really, really good. In the second half, the Clippers kind of took it. Um, so moving on from that, shout out to Doc Rivers once again. Much love from me and uh, most of Clipper Nation. So I'm going to start a new segment at the end of every pod. It's just going to be, it's going to be a very bland and generic thing. It's just going to be called Buzz Around the League. Um, if there's big news around the league, I'll kind of just bring a touch to it and just kind of talk about it for a bit. But uh, so let's start our first segment of Buzz Around the League, and that's just going to be the Nets signing LaMarcus Aldridge today, according to Woj. Uh, I was actually at work today on my break, and I was getting out of my car to go back to work, and I saw Woj tweeted, LaMarcus Aldridge plans to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, uh, so, and I was like, I, I tweeted, I quoted the tweet, and I was like, why does it feel like these motherfuckers have unlimited cap space? Because... When I first saw it, I was like, man, they got all these, like, big names from, like, you know, imagine saying that uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Jeff Green, Blake Griffin, and LaMarcus Aldridge would all be on the same team in 2021. Imagine saying that to someone in 2015. Like, how crazy would that be? I think, um, I think that this doesn't move the needle for the Nets whatsoever. They're getting a ton of big guys who can't defend, so that's not going to move the needle for them. And there's a reason that these guys are buyout guys. They're not good. They're not good anymore. LaMarcus Aldridge is nowhere near as good as he was. Blake Griffin, obviously. I mean, he's had a couple of good games, but I mean, he had a he recently had a 17-point game against the Pistons or whatever, but I mean, 
you're always gonna you're gonna try hard against your former player. Just look at what he did against the Clippers in his return to stables. Had motherfucker had like 44 points or something on insane shooting or whatever. And Woj also came out with a tweet today. Um, before we get into that, actually, uh, like I said, I don't think that moves the needle for the Nets. Um, they should still be in the finals against the Clippers. Uh, Clippers Nets is my finals. Uh, so hopefully we're in July, still doing podcasts about. <laughs> a finals preview or whatever so i can't wait for that it's gonna be totally it's gonna be totally awesome it's gonna be fun so uh good for the nets um there's it's absolutely zero reason for them to not come out the east if they don't come out the east this is gonna be the funniest shit in the world i can't lie uh moving on the lakers uh according to Woj, have become the front runners for andre drummond and you kind of expected this there have been multiple reports saying that the lakers players have already been recruiting drummond um, even though he hasn't cleared waivers yet, I'm not quite sure when he clears waivers. I think he said on Sunday, I'm not sure. I'm not even going to say that. Uh, when, once he clears waivers, the Lakers are the front runners and I am totally cool with this. And as a Clipper fan, if you are listening to this and you're like, Oh my gosh, no, they're going to get drumming. As a Clipper fan, you should be totally cool with this because Drummond is atrocious. He is so bad as you may see, oh, he had like 33 points and 19 rebounds in a game. Keep in mind, he's playing for this really, really bad Cavs team. So that stuff, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. He is one of the worst finishers around the league. It's it's really bad. You should see some of the highlights. He's an awful finisher. But something that is legit is his rebounding. His rebounding is really good. He has, he's been a good rebounder his whole career. So um, he's going to take that wherever he goes. Um so that's that pretty much, but uh, that's pretty much it for the first segment of Buzz Around the League. Uh, nothing too crazy, but I think it's just going to be something that I do whenever there is Buzz Around the League. So let's get into one more little sign-up before we get into the recap. It's kind of regarding, you know, bio guys or whatever. It was announced that Gorgie Dang was raved by the Grizzlies, and I immediately tweeted out right when I saw this. I think it was Shams that broke the news that Dang was waved, that... I, I tweeted, I would take Gorgie Dang in a heartbeat over Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge. Gorgie Dang has been shooting 42% on wide open threes these past three seasons, including 48% from deep this year. But I mean, granted, it's only two attempts, but I mean, I just told you over the past three seasons, he's been shooting 42% on wide open threes. So the shooting is there. The shooting is more than there. I think... For someone like Gorgie Dang, he'd be more willing to take more of a backseat type role. As for Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge, I think they're going to want more of a role, a bigger and better role for their respective contenders. Um, I would definitely see Gorgie Dang as a guy that would be okay with taking a third string center type role because he knows who he is. He's not like, he wasn't, he was never as good as Andre Drummond or LaMarcus Aldridge, obviously. But I think Gorgie Dang would definitely be a good guy, and that's something the Clippers should definitely. That's someone the Clippers should definitely look at with one of their two roster spots, in my opinion. So if I could get my hands on Gorgie Dang, I'm doing it in a heartbeat. But enough of that. Let's let's get into the game for tonight. Um, coming into this game, the Clippers had the third best defensive rating since the All Star break, so that's really really cool. Uh, kind of a small sample size, but I mean, th- there's been about nine games since the All Star break, so the Clippers seem to have be. Turning a corner there defensively, uh, they have a 107.6 defensive rating uh, for all those numbers people out there. But guess who has the best defensive rating since the All-Star break? The 76ers with a 
insane 99.5 defensive rating. And that's really impressive because they've been without Joel Embiid for a few weeks now. So this is, this was no fluke. This is, this is no easy feat for them. They, they've been locking it down defensively. Uh, so this is really, really good for them. Um, the Clippers also have the lowest turnover percentage since the All-Star break as well at 10.4%, but they've really, really haven't been turning the ball over a lot this year. So that's just been kind of a number that has been kind of floating around for the entire season, in my opinion. They, they've been really good at taking care of the ball. Uh, predicting a big night from Zubots. Uh, I was really, really hoping that he would be really, really good tonight. And he was. He was. He didn't score a whole lot, but his presence was definitely felt uh, tonight. Uh, he was getting a ton of rebounds. Uh, around the rim he was being big um we'll get more into that a little bit later but let's actually get into the game now this is the start of a brutal stretch at home uh nine game road uh home road nine game home stand for the clippers uh they've got a ton of playoff teams coming out i believe seven or eight of the nine teams are playoff teams uh that are home here so thank god we're at home this is going to be a really really good stretch to see where the clippers are at and I'm feeling really, really confident going into the stretch, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, so starting out, the Clippers started out cold from the field, shooting 3 for 14 to open things up. Eventually went down 14 to 7. It was re- looking really, really bad to start. Um, uh, had to call a timeout. The Clippers were really, really bad to start. They were down 14 to 7. Uh, there was a point where Reggie... Reggie, I can't say enough about Reggie. I think I've said this a million times already, but Reggie has been fantastic for the Clippers this season on a veterans minimum that he's been, he's been nothing short of amazing. Reggie had a steal and a slam. And then the next possession, the Clippers got a stop. And then in transition, Reggie hit a three. The Clippers eventually cut the lead from 21. They cut the lead to 21 to 18. And another cool thing that happened was Luke Kennard checked in early in the first quarter. Well, not early checked in later in the first quarter quickly hit a contested mid-range and it was a funny because the shot rolled around the rim like four or five times uh so really really good uh stint from luke um he eventually got subbed out and he didn't see the floor for the rest of the game until garbage time but i think this is actually a good thing for luke because if terrence Mann is playing like this i'm totally cool with luke chilling on the bench or getting a little bit of run uh because i think this is more of a hey luke go get your feet wet and if you're feeling it we're gonna play you or if someone's not feeling it, we're going to play you. But if Terrence Mann is just lighting it up like this, there's no you can't not play him. So I think Luke gets a short end of the stick, like he has been most of the season. Uh, like I said earlier, Zubat's presence was felt. He had six boards in the first quarter and also had four free throw attempts in the first quarter. He was getting banged down low. Um, they had Mike Scott starting at center. So I wasn't too worried about Zu uh, not being get, able to get boards tonight. Did really, really well. And the man, the man that dropped 39 last time, Shake Milton, making his return tonight. He was pretty good tonight. Um, I don't have the stats up. I always forget to bring up the box score. I apologize for that. But I, I'm tired of seeing all these people slander Kawhi defensively. Yes, he hasn't been great. Well, he hasn't been the tier one defender most of the season. But when he wants to turn it up, oh my god gosh is he a monster defensively and recently he has the second half of the season when he's been able to play he missed last game obviously with that sore foot when he wants to he turns it up and he is insane getting in the passing lanes active hands great defensive night from Kawhi Leonard two steals in the first quarter for him 
And the Clips ended the quarter on a 20-11 to run. And another thing that was different was Paul George was getting a friendly whistle for once. Uh, he had a nice, strong, and one in the second quarter. But another thing I, I do notice with Paul George, it, it, it's kind of, it's nothing new, but his, some of his drives are really, really weak. And I know a lot of you guys noticed that as well. He still drives in just looking for a foul, not even trying to finish the basket. I wish someone would like lay into him about that. And I Hopefully, I, I'm not sure if some, Rondo would be do, someone to do this. But if he notices it, I know he's going to tell him. But Paul George needs to uh, try to the basket stronger. And eventually he did. He had a he had a lot of strong drives tonight. Shot seven free throws tonight. Really good game from Paul. Um, and Terrence, man, bro. Oh, my God. Terrence, fucking man, bro. He just... I, I, I'm at a loss for words. I was... I was so, like... I was on the fence about him last season... Uh, he had a couple good games or whatever. Obviously, in the bubble, he had like a 25-9 and nine game in the bubble against OKC. But this season, he has his, he has taken the biggest leap I've ever seen. One of the biggest leap of faiths I've ever seen in a second-round guy in his second season. It's insane how great he's been this season. Um, he had that one. That one play that really opened up my eyes was in the second quarter where it was a fast break. Terrence Mann ran to the corner. The ball was past him in the corner. He was wide open for a three. But normally, you know, Terrence Mann, last season Terrence Mann, he would have just drove, driven to the basket from the baseline. But no, he took like two dribbles. And he's like, oh shit, I'm wide open. Step back and he hit the three in the corner. I just hit my desk. I'm sorry. That probably was really loud. He took a step back and he drained the three. That's just, that is a crazy development. Shout out to Kenny Atkinson, man. That was that was really crazy. That really opened up my eyes uh, for Terrence. Uh, really, really good first half for him. 13 points on 6-6 six six shooting in the first half for Terrence. And a lot of people on Twitter were saying how good this was because he was doing it in front of Doc. That was pure gold doing all this. This crazy, crazy career night for Terrence in front of Doc and Sam Cassell. Really, really awesome. And Kawhi checked back in and he was determined to get himself in the rhythm. Uh, getting himself to the line two times in a row. That really got him going uh, in the end of the second there. And another cool highlight, uh, this was probably going to be, it might be on SportsCenter, I don't know. Who knows? I don't watch SportsCenter, but the Terrence Mann 0.5 second shot off the alley-oop off the inbound. That This is like a crazy like confident shot, I guess. I'm not sure. That's a really funny shot because I was like, oh, this is going to be a turnover. They're not going to get a shot off. But nope, a perfect lob right to the basket. Since Terrence Mann was being guarded by Seth, Seth Curry, I'm pretty sure it was. He's taller than him. He just caught it. He just put it right up. A little touch. Mm, it was beautiful. And I can't lie. Watching Tobias come back and hoop. I don't really watch the Sixers very often, if I'm being honest with you. But I've I've never not liked watching Tobias Harris hoop. That man, on and off the court, that dude is special. Uh, he was giving us buckets. I can't lie. He was giving Paul George buckets tonight in the post. Um, I, I saw Tobias give Paul George buckets in the post a lot tonight. Uh, Tobias was hitting some threes. He kind of disappeared in that third quarter. But, I mean, I think I, he did that a lot as a clipper where he would have a really, really good opening quarter and he would really, really drift off in the second, third, and fourth quarters. Or he would have, like, a good first half and in the second half he would quite literally disappear. He did that a lot with the Clippers and tonight I noticed that that same thing kind of happened. Uh, towards the end of the fourth, the game was kind of already over. He had a couple of buckets or whatever. But, man, Tobias, Tobias is special, man. Nothing brings out the, the best in Tobias like Doc Rivers. 
when he plays for Doc, he's just a different player. So the Clippers were up 65-60 at half. Very fun half for both sides. It was shaping up to be a close game. It really, really was. There was a high-level hoop from both sides. And halftime happens, of course. And the Clippers came out on a 7-0 run to start the third. Doc Rivers calls a timeout. Surprisingly, you don't see Doc Rivers call timeouts on runs. <laughs> we saw that in the playoffs. Um, Zubox picked up his fourth foul. He picked up his third and fourth fouls on back-to-back possessions, so that was really annoying. Uh, with nine minutes left in the third, he picked up his fourth, so that was really annoying. We had to go small again. Um, but this Clippers team, man, since the second half of the season started, they have really turned the corner defensively, or they're starting to. I don't want to say they turned the corner yet, but that's the statistic I read to you guys are their third and defensive rating since the All-Star break. That is a no, they ain't no fluke. They're, they're, they're there. They're getting there. They really are. Um, so yeah, it looks like they're really starting to turn the corner defensively. They're getting a lot of active hands. It's a great sign. And their biggest issue, in my opinion, was their inconsistency on defense. And if they can clean it up on that end, man, the, the, the possibilities for this team are endless, if I, in my opinion. Uh, the third quarter also included, uh, the Clippers missing a couple of bunnies inside. Kawhi missed two point blank layups when the game was still in the Sixers reach. So that was really annoying. Mook also had a putback miss. So that was really, really annoying. But, you know, it happens. It just happened to be like three missed layups in a row, which is kind of funny. But anyways, uh, the, towards the middle of the third quarter, or not even the middle, right on the eight-minute mark, the game was slowed to a screeching halt because there was at least three fouls on every single possession, including a flanger one on Mook for <laughs> blatantly throwing Dwight Howard on the floor. So that was pretty funny to watch, but... I mean, I had to get up. I had to walk around. I was like, man, this shit is so boring, bro. This is three fouls. A foul there, a foul there. It was all ticky-tack shit, too. Super, super annoying, but it is what it is. The refs were calling it tight in the third quarter. And then the, the game kind of it kind of loosened back up again. Uh, so, yeah, Mook got that flagrant one. Uh, thank God it wasn't a flagrant two. Those, the, with the way the refs were calling it, I would not have been surprised if Tony Brothers would have tossed Marcus Morris right there. But, anyways... Terrence Mann checks back in, and he continues to be perfect from the field. He has, at this point, he had 16 points on 7 of 7 from the field. Continuing to show Doc Rivers that player development exists. And so that was pretty funny. There was a lot of, hey, Doc, player development exists tweets on Twitter, which was really, really funny. And a thing that I noticed toward the end of the third is that Terrence Mann was getting some run at the point guard uh, in a lineup of him, Mook, Kawhi, Tupat, and Batum. So that was cool to see. Uh, you saw Terrence Mann play a lot of point guard last year. And this season, he's getting put more at the wing, at like the three, the two and the threes, but he's played the most, in my opinion. Having him off the ball, he's been way, way better, obviously, this season than the last season. And he had that really, really nice no-look pass to Batum. And it's something you've really started to see from Terrence. And I hit my desk again. He has a lot of, like, flashy passes in his arsenal. He has a lot of, like, he has the tools to be a good passer. He's been really, really good uh, with the ball in his hands, especially in transition. I touched on that a little bit. But when he's running the break, I have a lot of confidence in him to, you know, make the play himself or to, you know, hit hit the open shooter in the corner or whatever. He's really, really good in transition. And that's it, only going to get better. It's his second year in the league. He's only going to get better at that. So the Clips were up 97 to 84 after three. At this point, I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to win this one. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. There's no way Filthy comes back. Um, I mean, earlier I said, man, I thought Zuba's going to have a monster game tonight. He did have a lot of rebounds tonight. I, dude, I can't believe I don't have the stats pulled up. I was really dumb for that. 
Uh, Zoo had a tough time finishing tonight. It's just that simple. He he had the looks around the basket. Some of the looks that he usually finishes every time. To be fair, he finishes almost every single look inside. Uh, missed some easy ones tonight. I remember this one, like the fourth quarter, where he just he threw it off the backboard and it didn't hit any rim. It was just his touch was off tonight. But I mean that happens. Uh, for as good as he has been finishing this season, those types of nights are gonna happen. And then you know Dwight Howard got ejected. Back to back techs. Paul George knocked down both free throws, of course. Um, and then Terrence Mann finally missed a shot. He finally decided to miss a shot. It was a floater. He uh, shot eight and nine from the field uh, at that point. And then with eight twenty two left, Ben Simmons fouled out. So that was cool for them. That's when I was like, okay, yeah, the Clippers won this game. If they don't have Ben Simmons and Dwight Howard, who are probably their second and third best players tonight, I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna be fine. Uh, smooth sailing the rest of the way. Uh, the, the Sixers never really got big, back into it. Uh, the Clippers unleashed their bench. Uh, I didn't really catch much of the garbage time because uh, I wanted to record this and get this out of the way. Um, so the Clippers won 122 to 112. Uh, the score isn't doesn't show how dominant the Clippers were. The Clippers were really dominant in this game. They moved to 31 and 16, third in the West still with Phoenix. And Utah being above them, Phoenix got two games postponed, so that that kind of that kind of fucks up the standings a little bit. Uh, but the Clippers are well on their way to the two seed. Uh, if Phoenix can start losing some games here, and the Clippers play Phoenix very very soon uh, on this homestand, so that'll be really really cool. I uh, can't wait for that. So Clippers move to third, and the, well, they stay third in the West. It's five in a row for them. Six of their last seven. Kawhi Leonard had 28, 4, and 4 with 3 steals in this one. Paul George with a overall great performance. 24, 9, and 9, 7 and 7 from the line. Really, really good aggressiveness from him tonight. And of course, can't forget about Terrence Mann. 23 points, 10 to 12 from the field in 29 minutes tonight. Awesome, awesome stuff all around from the guys tonight. So that's gonna about wrap it up for the pod tonight. I'll be back again on Monday night. With the post game recap against the Bucks, I believe. Um, so thank you guys again for tuning in. If you guys want to leave any feedback, leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, and make sure you guys follow me on Twitter if you haven't already at TreyLAC underscore. I really, really appreciate that. So thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, make sure you guys leave some feedback, like I said. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.